0: Hello, everybody. Uh, Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. Hope everybody is off to an unbelievable start. Look, I don't plan on being here long today, but I'm coming to you today and I'm not pulling any punches. I want to really, really touch and get on something that I think a bunch of you need to hear before i do that i want to remind you that we are still in the midst of the one you love event the one you love event real simple if you are willing to work with me or you're looking to work with me and you come on board whatever package you choose i will gift you a package of equal value for you to give to someone you love so that way you can literally during the giving season for those of you who see this as, as that, for the giving season, you get to give someone something that will allow them to move into next year already on the right path, already with a clear vision, already making moves. That's my gift to you. If you come on, I'm going to gift you. So you get to bring somebody with you, whoever you want to give it to, whoever you want to bless with it. It may be some very close to you. It may be someone you don't even know and you choose to just gift it to. That's up to you how your spirit moves you. But that's what we're doing right now. So if you've been looking to work with me or you're seriously ready to commit to putting in some work and you're ready to get started and you choose a package, I'm going to turn right around and say, okay, go find someone to give this to. And I'm going to give you a package of equal value to share with someone. Uh, With that being said, that information is in the book. You can click that link and you can go see what we have to offer in those packages apply to all direct one-on-one services are offer, from everything from counseling to consulting to coaching all of it applies so whatever way you need to work with me those packages apply go check that out now let's talk let's talk you know i outside of being a leo i've always had a fascination with big cats not just lions everything from cheetahs to jaguars grew up uh as a jaguar matter of fact my entire uh educational career the mascot was some sort of cat uh in elementary it was the lions in middle school it was the cougars in high school it was the jaguars in college again the cougars and so i always had this thing going on with cats you know but i have a real fascination with lions i love the pride concept the family concept the way they move they operate the cold of conduct and behavior, how everyone is actually held accountable, and there's a code of behavior. But then you got to ask yourself, you know. And I, I asked my grandmother a long time ago, "Why is the lion considered the king of the jungle?" And is you know because you look at it and say, okay is there nothing in the jungle that can kill the lion? Absolutely. There are things in the jungle that can kill lion. lions get killed in the jungle. So it's not that the lions are impervious to their environment. They are at risk every time they go hunt. Actually, Uh, you know, they get killed by uh, big oxen bulls and, and they get killed by uh, packs of hyenas, uh, which is their most known uh, predator. I mean, uh, adversary in the jungle, Um, every now and then wanna get caught by a crocodile. But what you'll find is when a lion is present, there's a natural relationship between the lion and any other animal it comes across. And so when I looked, I said, okay, what makes the lion the king? And so I I, I really started to look at it and I found it was real simple. It was all about mentality. What makes the lion the king? The lion has a hunter's mentality. So, so wait a minute. What, so so let's look at the lion hunting because everybody in the jungle has to eat. Some are carnivores, and so they have to eat meat. Meaning they're going to either have to kill or scavenge. And so scat, you know, they're going to have to, you know, you got buzzards and. And, and 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 hyenas and all that stuff, normally they'll sit up and run someone off from something they kill, you know, by sheer numbers, they run off small, you know, you know, cheetahs are constantly getting run off of their kills by hyenas. Lions are a little bit different because lions run in packs. So, you know, uh for a full-grown male lion, it takes about uh, on average a ratio of 10 hyenas to make it an equal fight. So you kind of see my greatest enemy got to come hard at me to get at me because I'm I'm that beast. But if you watch even the elephant, the big, strong elephant that will, with fierceness, defend their young and and, and their herd, watch an elephant and how uneasy they get when they see or sense a lion. The lion, on the other hand, doesn't matter who, they're in the president's, what they're thinking, kill, hunt. Hunt. I'm about to eat. That's the mentality of a lion is I don't care what the situation is. I'm about to eat. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the fastest. I'm not the smartest, but I'm the baddest. I'm about to eat. That's what makes but then I asked so I, I start looking at the hunt thing. I could so say so I can equate pursuing my vision. I can equate pursuing. My dream, I can equate all that to hunting. I'm going after something. First thing I learned about hunting is everybody hunting ain't a hunter. Just because you're hunting, don't mean you're a hunter. But see, that's the difference in mentality. That's the difference. That's what makes a lion the king of the jungle is the mentality. I'm not just out there hunting, I'm a hunter. So, what does that mean? That means that the lion has more than one motive for hunting. The lion is driven by more than what's the number one motive? Well, the number one motive is the lion hunts because he's hungry. The lions hunt because they're hungry. Well, see, the thing is, I have watched over and over again, because like I said, I'm fascinated about wildlife, period, but definitely big cats and I'm really fascinated with lions. So I've watched all kinds of footage and studied them and read about them. And what you watch is when lions get hungry, Everybody needs to watch out. Nobody is out, you know, out of the question. They'll go after hippos, which is a very dangerous account. Hippos are not to be played with. Lions will go after them. Lions will try to hem up an elephant. I've seen lions take down giraffes. And it's amazing how they do it. It's amazing how they do it. I've seen them go after everything that you would sit up and say, okay, lion ain't finna mess with that. If the lion is hungry, the lion is going to eat. The lion gets hungry enough. The dangers, the risk of the hunt are no longer important. The lion understands that I burn. They don't understand in the sense of I burn. But the lion understands I don't have so much time before I need to eat again. And they know when that time is. And when they get to the point where it's time to eat, look out. They get this sense of focus and it doesn't matter. You don't want to be around when the lion is hungry, because the lion's going to eat. It's a, it's a mentality. It's so entrenched that they're going. So the first driving force for an, a, a, a lion to hunt is the mentality of eating and surviving and making sure that they remain strong so that they can hold their position in the ecosystem within the jungle that takes a lot of energy to maintain the top slot. It's always, when I go to the water hole, the crocodile is creeping. When I come around the corner, hyenas are uh, stalking. It's always somebody trying to knock me out the top spot. So I got to stay ready. So I'm hunting because I'm hungry. I'm never satisfied. I'm never complacent. I'm never just sitting around hoping something falls in my lap. I'm Hunting, I'm going after of it. I'm going and I'm remaining in, and then they are very, (coughs) excuse me, focused and strategic. And I'm gonna get to that point in a minute in how they hunt, but I want to get to the second reason why they hunt, and this is the part I like because you got to understand this if you're ever really gonna be successful. Lions don't just hunt because they're hungry, lions hunt because they're hunters. Lions have a natural built-in instinct and aggression that just sits up. Saying, I'm going out here to get it. And then they communicate and they got it planned out. they are forced. their force. Once they make up in their mind to get it, if the animal escapes, it is amazing because they are going out and they're going to come in with a catch. They're going to eat. But they go out to hunt, not just because they're hungry. Why is that important? Well, a bunch of people I've, I've, I've learned simply aren't hungry enough to go out and really do the things they need to do in life. They, they haven't gotten to that point where they're hungry enough. They're distracted by things. They become complacent. Oh, here's something you really need to do. So you can't be like a lion. You can't be the king. You can't be at the top. And being at the top isn't about competition, it's about a state of mind. It's about a state of mind saying, I'm not happy being amongst mediocre and average people, not that I got time to judge you. But this is not where I plan on hanging out. This is not where I plan on getting down. This is not how I want my legacy to be explained to my progeny and to the people who come into this world who never met me in person. I don't want to sit up and hang. He came he chilled and he left. No, that can't be what it's about for me. So what is what is it gonna, It's got to be something that I did that was extraordinary. It's got it's got to be something. That's a something. It, it, it should be inside of you. But you know what? A bunch of A bunch of us running out of our kids before they're even eight or nine years old. Get your head out the clouds. Stop that daydreaming. Be real. That's not realistic. Think of something more uh, doable. Before you know it, you got them thinking like average people. You got them thinking like, uh, 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 like, 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 behaving like average is okay. You need to have a mindset if you're going to hunt, and if you're going to be exceptional, if you're going to do something extraordinary, if you're going to do something phenomenal, you've got to have a mindset that's absolutely allergic to being average. We, let me let, let me let, let me break it down for you. This is one of the reasons I have a problem with sending our kids to public schools because public school system has a grading system that does not translate well into life. What do I mean by that? In the public school system, you can get a C, which is average, and you can pass the course, and you can say course successfully completed with a C or even a D. You can you can literally sit up and say I am average, get a passing grade, and say you successfully completed the course. The problem is in the real world, average isn't rewarded. No one's out looking for the next average person to run their company. No one is out there looking for the next Average person to sit up and be the CEO of their company. Nobody's out there when you choose a mate, you're not out there looking for an average person. I want me an average husband. I want me an average wife. No, you're out there looking for somebody that turns your head, turns your spirit, turns your being. You're looking for somebody that's exceptional. Well, that doesn't come from average. So we send our kids to a school to train them to accept average as being okay, and then they get into a world that. It doesn't reward average some of the time because you got a bunch of places that still do it. So you can go out. But again, it's in the developmental stage. You go out and you get your participation trophy for showing up to play football. You didn't play well. You weren't that good. But they give you. A, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want you to feel slighted. So they're going to give you a trophy just for showing up. But life doesn't reward you just for showing up. Are you really doing your kid a favor when you save them from realizing they should have worked harder? They should have been more focused or maybe they're operating in a space that they weren't designed to operate in. That's okay to realize this really isn't what I'm good. This isn't what I'm great at. But what I can tell you is that no matter how you're not built for something, if you decide to walk into it, you decide that, hey man, I'm going in here and I'm gonna conquer it. You will be surprised that you will rise above average. You will rise above average even when it's not what you are designed to do. If you become committed, if you rise up and you start to do some things that you are not comfortable with. See, average is the default for people operating in comfort. I'm not going to do anything more than I have to do. 85% of the people in this country wake up every day, go to a job they hate, do just enough not to get fired while being paid just enough not to quit. And they do it over and over again. We'll freaking retire from something, never ever having performed at a fraction of what they're capable of doing because they don't have a passion behind it. They don't have a hunger behind it. There's no mentality that's driving them to be great. They are simply there to get through life. The thing is, God didn't design you to exist. God didn't design you to survive. God designed you to show up. I ask people all the time, how are you claiming God? God don't even want you claiming him. How are you claiming God? And you out here getting your butt kicked all over the place. Now, don't Confused. What I'm saying with saying that when you when you start to act a certain way or walk a certain way or think a certain way, that you're not going to have problems. Didn't say that. I said that when you sit up and you know who you are, and you're walking in your div- destiny, your div- divine destiny, and you're living life at the level of your design, meaning that you are no longer accepting average as your lot in life. When you meet that challenging moment, you square your shoulders, you hold your head up, and you say, I will not break. I will not quit. I will not turn around. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that your mentality and the way you view problems is what will separate you from average. Everybody's going to go through some things. Everybody is going to have some difficult times. Let me tell you something. Some people ask me, what qualifies you to tell somebody what it takes to make it? Let me share something with you. It's not the degrees. I got those for me. I was successful before I had my first degree. Literally, successful uh, on a on a scale that most people will measure and say this this person is success. I was successful before I got my first one. I had experienced much success by the time I got the second and third one. So, it ain't the degrees that gives me the ability to tell you what you should and should not do, how to face adversity, how to overcome those dark moments. Let me tell you why I am. Not because I achieved success. Anybody can thrive if you hit the right ball at the right time. You can get up there. Oh, you don't really know who you are until you march into the sands of adversity. Let me tell you, I've been there. You don't know what it's like. I'm going to tell you, I've been in dark places that would have broke some people. You don't know adversity until you've gone from thousands of square foot of footage home and deciding what car you're going to drive to waking up with snow on your back. You don't understand that. But let me tell you. And not at one moment did I say I'm giving up. Not at one moment did I fold. I'm a hunter. I'm in a bad place, but I'm a hunter. My mentality wouldn't let me give up. My mentality wouldn't let me feel sorry for myself. My mentality wouldn't let me point fingers and blame nobody. My mentality says you're built for this. Wake up, square up, show up. I had a conversation with God when I hit that hard moment in my life. I could have felt sorry for myself. I could, have been, I could have had guilt trips. I could have asked myself, what the hell were you doing? How did you make a, 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 a turn in your life so stupid that you ended up from there over here? What, what were you thinking? I could have did all that. But you know what? I could have went to God whining and complaining. Oh, God, look what happened. Oh, God, look that they did this. Look, God, I'm sorry I did this. Can you forget? You know what I did? I understood the power of adversity. See, I had those conversations with my great grandfather who adopted me and he taught me what manhood would be like. And he told me that we're going to be storms. He said, son, just come out of the storm a better man. than you went in. You won't have to chase greatness. Greatness will overtake you. So I was sitting up thinking. So I had a conversation with God. It didn't go anything like most people's prayers, go. It didn't go like. Uh, it didn't go like, oh, Lord, please get me out of this. Didn't ask once to be taken out of the storm. Oh, God, if you just give me another chance. Didn't beg or anything. I had a real simple understanding with God. I said, "You d- don't let me die in this. Don't let me die in this. And all I was saying then is, wake me up. My agreement with God was simple. I said, if you wake me up, I'll answer the bell. If you wake me up, I'll answer the bell. I already know how you built me. I'm built for this. I don't need you to reassure me or anything. Wake me up and watch me. And I told the few people who knew what I was going through. Don't feel sorry for me. Just watch me. That's what faith. it's not that you're not going to hit hard times. It's whether or not you're going to let the hard times defeat you that puts you in the place that leads to greatness. If I'd have gave up in that moment, I wouldn't have written and published 24 books. I wouldn't have relaunched companies. I wouldn't have a reach and have clients in London, in Ireland, in Sydney, in South Africa, in Jamaica, outside of what's i wouldn't have it i wouldn't have book sales in those same places if i would have sit up and fold it because life got hard no i gotta eat and i'm hungry so i'm not gonna quit and let me tell you something about life appearing to be weak to appeal to the sympathy of people will actually put you in the cross ass of people who don't care about you. Oh, look what they did. Oh, look what happened. Look what happened. Oh, my God, I'm just going through it. Oh, my God, look, look. No, 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 no. There are some people out there that are looking, literally salivating, waiting on you to show weakness. Square your shoulders up. Hold your head up. Look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm built for this. God built me for this very moment. God, show what God is saying, show what I did in you. That's how you represent God. When you're in the middle of a moment and you decide, I'm about to make a move in this moment, I'm about to show people what it means to not survive, but thrive in the midst of adversity. I'm about to show up and make my presence felt. And I sent a little subliminal message to those people that were hoping and wishing and even praying for my demise. Don't hold your breath. You better breathe. The only thing that's going to stop me is death. And I'm going to and if I die, I'm going to die with honor. I'm going to die with my head up, my shoulder square and working towards a prize, working towards the goal. This isn't about ease. Some of you aren't hungry enough. Some of you trapped into a corner of comfort that has dragged you into a lifetime of mediocrity. And God is still waiting on you to show up. You keep asking God to show up in your moment. And God is constantly saying to you, I'm already here. I'm waiting on you. Show up. I'm not here to tell you how you need to relate to God. That's a real personal thing that people have made way too public. And that's why everybody's frustrated because everybody's trying to approach and deal with God based on someone else's relationship with him. If you ain't got a one-on-one with God where you can sit up and have one-on-one interaction with God at a level that nobody else can understand, you're missing it. So I'm not here to tell you that, but what I am telling you is you better show up. What I am telling you is you better show up, show up in your own circumstances. And what you'll find is God is already there. You got to understand if you're really talking about God, God is omniscient, right? I mean, there's no faith that I'm aware of where God isn't omniscient, where God isn't all knowing. Well, if God is all knowing, God knew this was going to happen before it happened, right? If God is all powerful. God's already worked out the solution, right? So, what is God saying? You got to show up and do your work. That's the same thing God told Israel at Jordan when it was time to cross over into Canaan. You got to go do the work. I'm already there. You got to go do the work. You got to possess it. Y'all don't want to possess it. Y'all ain't ready to hunt. Y'all looking for somebody to give you a break. George Bernard Shaw said that those who get on in this world are those who wake up in the morning and go out and find the opportunity they need, and if the opportunity does not exist, they create one. You don't think I had to create some 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 some, some opportunities, having gone from what I was to down to where I was at? But that's one of the reasons I love Les Brown. Les Brown say, "When you fall down, make sure you land on your back, because if you're on your back." You can look up and if you can look up you can get up you didn't think that i had to wake up and create some opportunities how bad do you how hungry are you what kind of i tell people all the time success is 80 percent psychology Oh, I know. That's how we talk about it, is business plans. You know, one of the things one of my company, Myriad Business Solution, does is it writes business plan, plans and does marketing analysis for aspiring business owners. That's one of the things it does. And so I understand the importance of a business plan. I've started over 40 companies over the course of my life. I'm 54 years old and what i can tell you is i understand the importance of a business plan i understand the importance of having proper marketing analysis and a a market awareness of who holds the market shares and how they hold them and what your target audience is and how you need to approach what's driving the buying decisions with your target audience all of that the beautiful thing about social media is if you understand how to use it instead of using it as a place to go either flouse complain whine, point fingers And you start to look at it as a place of engaging and studying people and understanding how people operate. It becomes a powerful tool. But I understand all that. But you know what? I tell all of my clients the same thing. You you need a plan. You need a very specific plan. You need to be very under. You have a very clear visual of where you're going. You need to have a very clear blueprint of how you're going to get there. That's your plan. That's your strategy. That's your vision. You got to walk that out. But let me tell you something. If you don't have the right psychology, you don't have the right mentality, if you don't have the mentality that says I'm a hunter, I'm a problem solver, I'm a fixer, I'm a server, of what is necessary to get things done. If you don't have that mentality, the right plan won't do you any good. I've seen some people with splendid plans, but didn't have follow through because they didn't have the right mentality and they struggled, they suffered. Businesses didn't survive. I've seen people with poor plans, but just refusing to quit, having a mentality that says no surrender, no, sur- no retreat. And now they're thriving. Why? Because quitting wasn't an option. And if I strive hard enough and my vision's clear enough, I'm going to make progress. I might not get there as fast as the person with the best plan, but I'm going to get there because not getting there isn't an option. Tell people all the time. All the time. I didn't win in life in the times that I've won because I was the smartest person in the room. I spend a lot of time trying not to be the smartest person in the room. I'm always seeking other people that have gone places I haven't gone because I can't learn if I'm the smartest person in the room. I can't grow if I'm the smart. So that's not what got me there. What got me there wasn't how many resources I had or how many credentials I had and all that stuff. I let other people worry about my credentials. You know what I focus on? My one word that defines me. And if you haven't read Evan Carmichael's book, One Word, you need to check it out because he says there's that, that no matter who you are, there's one word that defines you more than any other word in, in the English lexicon. And you find that word and it define who you are and it'll tell you why you're where you're at. Some people's one word is love. Some people's one word is faith. Some people's one word is resilience. My one word is relentless. Once I make up in my mind to do something, it's going to get done or I will die trying. I once heard Will Smith being interviewed about his success, and he said something similar. He said, I may not be the smartest person in the room. I might not be the most talented person in the room. I may not be the most gifted person in the room. But I tell you what, if you put me on a treadmill with someone else, only one or two things are going to happen. That person is going to get out first or I'm going to die on that treadmill. And what? And, 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 and the guy asked him, and so that means, he said, that means you will not outwork me. See, too many people love comfort. The idea of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, they can't see it. Problem is, you're never going to beat me getting up at 7. Because by the time you get up at 7, I've been up three and a half hours. I'm halfway through the morning that you won't finish until 12. I'm already halfway through it before you even roll out of bed. I'm committed. I'm hunting. It's a mentality. Nobody has to wake me up in the morning. Nobody has to call to make sure I made it into the office. They may have to call and say, you need to leave the office, Marion. You've been in that office long enough. Get over to that gym but one thing you i'm working you're not gonna outwork me and what that means is i may not always end up in front of everybody but i'm not out there meandering through the maze of mediocrity either one thing that cannot be said about me ever is that i'm average i've already wrote that narrative I've already wrote that narrative. And what I want to do is I want to see everybody else write their narrative. Stop letting your past write your narrative. Stop letting your parents write your narrative. Stop letting those teachers write your narrative. Stop letting your mistakes write your narrative. Pick up that pen. Treat that pen with like with, 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 with precious care and concern because what it writes is going to manifest. Stop letting everyone else dictate what you manifest because you're taking in their negative input. Find you some people that will fan your flames. Find you some people who are willing to sit up and see something in you that other people are doing their best to ignore. Find you at least one person who is doing something you haven't done that you want to do. Let them be the blueprint. Let them be the mentor. Let them be the person who advises you on the things. you. They will cut that learning curve in half. That's one of the things I do at, at the Visionetics Institute. I'm here to cut the learning curve. I'm here to say, don't do that. Something my grandmother said to me. Growing up, my my adopted mom, my great something she said to me, I'm going to share this with you and then I'm gonna get off. I got a lot to do today, but she would go, she would come in and she would say, if I were you, I wouldn't do that. Probably not going to turn out good. Probably what you need to do is X, Y, Z. And of course, me being me, she would leave. I would say, OK, but me being me, as soon as she left the room, I decide I'm going to do it my way and her being her. She would ease on back by, peep in the room, and see I'm doing it the exact opposite way she said, and she would always say, sometimes bought sense is better than borrowed. Man, I miss her. She said, bought sense, sometimes bought sense is better than borrowed. What was she saying? There's a way to borrow the experiences of other people through their advice. It cuts down on your learning curve. There are people like me who have spent their entire lives learning what you need to know in a very short period of time and are capable of giving it to you. But there's also bought sense. Bought sense is when you got to pay for it yourself. When you got to go out and learn it through trial and error. It takes longer. It's more painful. But some of those lessons you're going to just simply have to learn. But you don't want to be out buying sense that you could have borrowed At no interest. Or at very little interest in the sense of you're going to have to take it and actually apply it. Or maybe you have to invest in hiring somebody to do it for you. But I guarantee it's still better than trying to spend the next 20 years to learn it. Sometimes bought sense is better than borrowed. Between my great grandmother and my great grandfather, they set me up without even knowing it, just with their wisdom. It's real simple, people. You can talk about what you want or you can go get it. You can listen to all the reasons that people have why you can't have it. Oh, they're out there. If you're black, you're going to face a bunch of disproportionate uh, interferences based on your race. It's going to happen. But that cannot be the reason why you don't get it. That's still an excuse to me. Is is it is, is the reality unreal? No. But if I have the capacity to, to do it, even though that obstacle is there and I choose to forego it because the obstacle is there, it's no longer on the obstacle. It's on me now. You get what I'm saying? If I can make it, even though it's more difficult than it should be because it's purposely made difficult, but I can make it and I choose not to because I don't want to deal with it. That's on me. That's not on anyone else but me. So that's still an excuse. You decided that you were going to take the more comfortable route. You're going to have to ask yourself, what are you willing to do? And here's the beautiful thing about it. I get a lot of people who come to me who are in their late 50s, early 60s. I even got a 70-year-old that are, that are sitting there and going, man, I've got so much I wanted to do that I haven't done. And they're looking and they're sitting there and they're going, it's too late. No, if you're breathing, you're still in the fight. God has this unbelievable way of redeeming time in a way that no man can. God has a way of taking your dream and amplifying it in the later years of your life. So you get to experience everything you would have experienced if you had a jumped on earlier. I'll give you a prime example. What uh, this 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 beautiful queen that just died, uh, cannot remember her first name, but her last name is still. She was 80 something years old when she landed her role on the first Black Panther movie. That was her goal to be an actress. That was her goal. That's what she wanted. And she hadn't achieved it. And she reached 80, but she didn't give up and then she decided to become even more active in the pursuit of it i guess after she saw time closing in she decided man i, I got to do so, i got to do it at least one and she ends up getting a call to audition for the role on the black panther and at 88 years old or 89 she landed her first movie role on what turned out to be a blockbuster people will be watching her for years She passed away a few weeks back, but she passed away victoriously. She passed away, not having given up on her dreams, but enjoying the beauty of being loved because she chased it. Don't quit on the work that God gave you because that's all your vision is. God wants you to walk it out because when you win in life, You represent God, you show people what's possible when they apply faith. As I always say, I I live my life on full. I wake up every day and I go hard. Why? Because one day I won't wake up and then it won't be up to me what happens. It will be up to what I've done to speak of me from that point on out. I'm leaving a legacy that will speak of me long after I left this place. It will say he came, he saw, and he conquered. I challenge you to leave a legacy. And as I said at the beginning, if you're serious about working with me, this is a good time to do it because we're in the middle of the one you love event, which means when you decide to make a a move to work with me, whatever package you choose, I will gift you one of equal value to give to someone else. So that information where you can go check out the packages that are available is in the description box, but whatever you do, don't you leave 2021 with the same mindset with the same mentality and, and, and focus, with the same idea that suffering is your lot in life, poverty is your lot in life, being mediocre and average is your lot in life, hoping and wishing somebody helps you is your lot in life. Don't you dare do it because God planted something inside of you that makes you special and unique. Tap into it. I dare you. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable day.